any sexual connection to be found from a pain point is only going to lead to more pain. I got so fed up today with the society around me and the girl I deal with. I said, fuck it and went out to meet some girls. As you run away from your problems, you are running towards them. What is solved by me running away? That is always the number one question to ask yourself when it comes to pain. If you don't feel love and you don't feel acceptance, you don't feel worth within you. It's not because other people haven't given it to you. It's because you haven't given it to you. So what are you waiting for? So let's kick things off with this message sent to me via bulldozer.com by X. He said to me, hey Adam, I have a question. I've been facing a lot of adversity with my relationship with the girl I was seeing. She always was complaining about issues I was having regarding paranoia around me thinking people are out to get me or causing me to have a rough time while trying to improve myself while in or out of a relationship. It's really difficult to try and stay focused and get things done. And each time I move a bit forward, I always regress. Basically, it's just achieving success around my inner and outer temple. I got so fed up today with the society around me and the girl I deal with. I said, fuck it and went out to meet some girls. Made me feel really good to move forward a bit, but all the observations drive me crazy. It's literally everyone around me. As much as I try to tell myself nobody cares, I feel as if they do. I don't know what to do. Thanks. Hopes to hear back soon. Signed his name. Well, thank you very much, X, for reaching out. And the first thing I have to say to you is that I sense someone who is in a lot of pain. A true disconnection from who they are, their true self, until you're leaking. There's a hole within you that's leaking. And I want you to visualize a burning bridge that you are walking within yourself, not realizing that as you blame everyone else in society, friends, family, this girl you're seeing, for why your bridge is burning. What you don't seem to realize is that it's you who's leaking gasoline as you walk this bridge surrounded in this inferno. It's a bridge that never ends and it's a bridge that you set on fire. And every time you blame someone else, which is a diversion of responsibility for how you feel, for how you conduct yourself psychologically, how you talk to yourself, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about the world and other beings. That's all starting matches. That's all light matches. And those matches got to fall. And they will fall on your bridge, the bridge of who you are. And if you have this disconnection within you, which is that hole, I can't see how you would ever get out of a fire, how that fire would ever be put out. And here we get to the mistake. And we're thinking that other people could put that fire out for you. You said that you just got so fed up with everything and fed up with this girl, et cetera, which by the way, you're using a lot of past tense in that message. So I'm not entirely sure if you're still seeing her or if this is like a recent breakup. And just for everyone else listening, I know I have a good bit of context on this particular person. He's an in and out client. We don't work particularly regularly, but he has worked with me in the past. So I do know a little bit more about him than the average like anonymous person who would message in here. And so I do understand what he means by the paranoia. And yes, and just to fill you guys in, uh, he believes that he did come through cold social dynamics. He did start in cold social dynamics, but he has not been involved in that for a long time. Had been in a relationship with this girl for, uh, I think it's probably over a year and a half now, if I'm correct, maybe two years now. But I don't think they're exclusively seeing each other anymore. I'm not entirely sure. At least from the basis of this message, it sounds like that they are no longer seeing each other. He went out to meet other girls. Or maybe they have agreed to something a little more open, which is a problem in and of itself. We can talk about that a little bit more later on when we get to it. But getting back to the main point here, hoping that someone else will put the fire out for you. It's wishful thinking. It's wishful thinking that will lead you nowhere except to a pathway of pain. 
for no one can offer you the forgiveness that you need to give yourself to live as that joyous, loving, peaceful human being. And then there may be a crossroads in your mind going, why do I need to forgive anyone? Those who are in deep levels of pain, those who are in torment, wrongly diverting that to everyone outside of them that cannot see that it is them who are tormenting them. You choose your response to life. You choose your reactions to the people around you and what they say. No one has the power to hurt you. Only you have the power to judge their actions, to judge their opinions and how that would inform your own sense of self-worth, your own sense of emotional disposition. You're in full control, you're in full mastery of how you feel and how you respond to the events of this world and to the actions of these beings. What I'm pointing you towards here is responsibility. What I see in this message here, X, is that you're looking for the things outside of yourself to take responsibility for how you feel inside. Eternal pathway to perdition. Eternal pathway to hell. The fire that burns within you. I'd like you to realize, I'd help you to encourage, to realize for yourself that that pain is but a moment away from being deleted. And I'd like to bring in a quote for you. Just one second. I'm going to nail this. This quote was taken from Dropping Ashes on the Buddha, written by Zen Master Sung San, translated by Stephen Mitchell. When Deju first came to the Zen Master, Majo, the Master asked him, What do you want from me? Deju said, I want you to teach me the Dharma. What a fool you are, said Majo. You have the greatest treasure in the world within you, and yet you go around asking other people for help. What good is this? I have nothing to give you. Deju bowed and said, Please, Master, tell me what this treasure is. Majo said, Where is your question coming from? This is your treasure. It is precisely what is making you ask the question at this very moment. Everything is stored in this precious treasure house of yours. It is there at your disposal. You can use it as you wish. Nothing lacking. You are the master of everything. Why then are you running away from yourself and seeking for things outside? Upon hearing these words, Deju attained enlightenment. Dropping Ashes on the Buddha, page 51, if you'd like to check it out. This podcast is brought to you by BoldDojo.com, where you can book one-on-one coaching with myself in order to create action plans, overcome limiting beliefs, destroy negative self-perceptions, and egoic attachments. Have a listening ear to the trials of your life, helping you to move forward. You can also sign up for the free weekly email newsletter, The Bold Sip. It's just a quick sip of social dynamics and anything I'm exploring on Fridays. Just go to boldojo.com, sign that up. You can also hit up the free resources of wisdom where I drop my favorite books, movies, quotes, anime, documentaries, music, all of that, all at boldojo.com. And if you would like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Link is down below in the description. Or you can also donate directly through the website, also linked down in the description. Anything that you guys do donate is always extremely appreciated and just goes back to helping support the show and what I do here. So thank you very much. And if you do get anything from this piece of content, please let me know in a comment down below. I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. And also please drop a thumbs up on the video. It just helps the YouTube algorithm, helps send out the video to more people in the community. And if you find that you resonated, share it with a friend who you think would resonate as well. 
Let's get into today's show. You are the master of everything. So why then are you running away from yourself and seeking for things outside? This is what I see within UX. That disconnection is the first part of not realizing that you are the master of yourself. Everything being yourself. A fear of others is a fear of yourself. A fear of abandonment is an abandonment you've experienced within yourself. A paranoia of the opinions of what other people think about you because of your stature is a disconnection from how you feel about yourself. If you don't feel love and you don't feel acceptance, you don't feel worth within you, it's not because other people haven't given it to you. It's because you haven't given it to you. So what are you waiting for? Why are you being so foolish? So as to deceive yourself into thinking that you will be gratified and validified by your pursuits outside of yourself, by seeking the worldly attention of other girls, was that going to save you? Was it going to save you to go out after having a blow up with this girl and to go meet other girls and feel good about yourself? Was sex going to save you? Is that what you wanted? It had to transcend some level here. It had to go from either you just want to go out and meet other girls purely for the sake of meeting other girls and just being around other girls and that validation was going to make you feel better. Or maybe you want to progress a little bit more and you want to go out on some dates. And then you can progress a little bit more to have sex from those dates. And then once you get validated by that, then you can progress a little bit more and have relationships from the sex from those dates. And then you can progress a little bit more, whether it's going to be exclusive relationships or open relationships. But then at some point, if you're going to take this even further, whether it's going to be marriage or it's going to be kids, where does this end? At what point will you... Finally come back. Return back to yourself and stop seeking things outside of yourself to realize that the problem didn't exist outside of yourself. The problem wasn't in the number in your financial bank account. The problem wasn't in the car that you drive, the house that you live in, or the parchment that hangs up on your wall. The problem was always within you, which means the answer was always within you. I work with many clients on the day-to-day that come to me with their problems. And at the end of our conversations, it always comes back to them. For they had sought out a man in the field, hoping that he would provide them with the answer, not realizing that they were the answer. And the same goes for UX. If you want to alleviate your ideas of paranoia and your ideas of egoic validation from the things and the beings outside of yourself, then you must come back within. You must come to understand yourself. If you enter moments of anger and frustration, martial arts is there for you. As a hot-headed, emotional teenager, I was wont to explode at the people around me. And what saved me was martial arts. Simply having a heavy bag out the back is probably something that should be installed in every household in the world. Not just for males, females as well. Anyone going through an emotional outburst to direct that into a safe space. I would hope that you would develop your mental facilities through meditation, journaling, deep presence, in silence, long walks, yoga, movement, breathing, so that you would have a tight, mature control on your emotional apparatus so that when things did get inflamed, when someone did betray you, someone did say something nasty about you, or someone did something that you perceive to be very hurtful, that you'd have the cognitive facility to be able to deal with those emotions at the moment and not allow them boil over, to not take you down a path of pain. 
That's what I see in your message here, X, is that you were already in pain, your bridge was already on fire, and you went and poured a little more gasoline on it. It may in the short term make you feel better to go and pursue more girls and go bring more girls into your life. But I'm telling you this right now is that you will end up feeling worse. For sex will not save you. The dance of sexual connection will not save you. Any sexual connection to be found from a pain point is only going to lead to more pain. As you run away from your problems, you are running towards them. One often meets his destiny on the path he takes to avoid it, as Master Uguay once said. Please sit into that. What is it that you're avoiding in your life? For people that are coming from tremendous pain points, big hurt lockers, yet to clear it out, if you could just stand back for one second and ask yourself, is a path of diversion going to fix this? Going to solve this? What is solved by me running away? That is always the number one question to ask yourself when it comes to pain. What would be solved by me running away? Other than my own short-term comfort, my short-term comfort to avoid the difficult conversation, the difficult event that needs to happen, that would foster your growth. It's such a pervasive idea in life, in human beings, in 21st century society, in which that we're trying to avoid pain at all costs. Even if it's pain that would help us to not only illuminate who we are, but to evolve that person. There's no process in this life from the trees that I see outside of me to the body that I inhabit as this spiritual creature that does not have to go through some form of evolution in order to manifest itself into something more brilliant. This constant, always moving wheel in which if you ever get stagnant, that is falling behind. I've said this back in many, many episodes ago when it comes to change. We are always changing. Either for the better or the worse. Stronger, brighter, more loving, more connected, or the reverse. There is no midway. There is no stagnation point. When everyone says, I feel like I'm stagnating, what that really means is that you're regressing. And I like that you acknowledge in your email that you feel like you can move forward a little bit, but then you always regress. What that signals to me is that your metric, your criteria for success on this journey is way off. What are you determining your success by? Whether people love you, whether you've got an attractive girl in your life, when you've got a job that pays you a lot, when you've got friends and family that respect you. Inherently, these things are neither good nor bad. And coming from whatever point you may, may reveal, will reveal your character, but does not determine it. One man can have many cars, many monies, many houses, many attractive partners. And all of that was brought to him as a byproduct, not the product. You can have another man in which that he spent his entire life chasing the monies, the cars, and the women as the product. And he is but a shell of a human being that you would want next to you when the, when the hordes were invading your gates. When the apocalypse arrived, who did you want next to you? Who did you want in the bunker with you? Did you want the man that spent his entire life chasing external validation, depending upon his self-worth for that which is outside of himself? Right, the shallowest of men, the shallowest of men that would break down in an instant. At the moment you took away all those material objects and those material validating points, that he would crumble. 
that he would waste away into a puddle of mediocrity and insufficiency and unreliability to the point of which that you are just disgusted. Is that who you want to be? Is that who you want next to you? Because if you do, and if you are, then keep pursuing that life. And I will not judge you. I will not judge you. For it is not my place to judge you. It is my place to paint out as clearly as I possibly can what the paths lead to, where your thinking is going to lead you to, where your thinking is taking you away from. But if you were someone that maybe on the other end pursued a lifetime of development, a lifetime of developing their purpose in life that serves all the beings of this world, whether that is an Elon Musk type that's trying to get humanity to Mars or whether you're a plumber who just saves people from their busted toilets and helps to build new toilets and gets people out of a real jam as I was in last week when the washing machine breaks down and you have meaning in that. You know, we've talked about this in when the podcast, which a lot of you resonated very deeply with, which was when you've lost meaning in life. And I talked about flipping patties at Hungry Jack's and how that person was meaningful to me because at 8am I couldn't get meat anywhere else. And that's all I wanted. I just wanted meat. I wanted eight beef patties. That was it. And that person in rural Bendigo, Victoria was able to flip patties with me at eight in the morning. I was so grateful. That person was meaningful to me. Meaning doesn't have to be grand. You don't have to go to Africa and start a nonprofit. You don't have to go down to Tasmania and save the trees. You can be here in this day, in this moment, in your little life, and you can make your little contribution to find your small measure of peace. And as a human being, however you come to this combination of increasing love, peace, and joy in everyone's lives and reducing suffering, of all the beings around you. However you come to that, whether it's you're going to be a CEO in the top of Wall Street or you're going to be a teacher down at the primary school around the corner from me, everyone has their role to play. Everyone has their part to play. And there is no reason, there is no logic in judging everyone for what part they play. Whether you subscribe to a life view or a perspective of karmic thread in which that you're here in this moment to learn the lessons you need to learn that you did not learn in the previous life. And if you don't learn them now, then you are going to learn them in the next life. I've discussed this in previous podcasts. It's a very a Buddhist philosophy, the karmic thread. You don't even have to subscribe to it though, in terms of literality. But metaphorically, if don't you believe, wouldn't you think? I'd love to hear the argument back. Someone saying to me that even if you knew it to be literally false, that we don't live on an actual karmic thread, but metaphorically, you would be better off if you did adopt said view. It's the same thing behind Christianity and the commandments, the Ten Commandments. Whether there is a supreme being up in the sky that is making sure that every single human being is attending to these Ten Commandments and based on their efficacy of dealing out, effectiveness of dealing out these and living throughout these Ten Commandments will determine whether they are led into the beyond the pearly gates or get sent down to hell. Whether you believe that's literally true or not, literally false or metaphorically true, it does not matter because wouldn't it serve everyone to not steal, to not murder, to treat everyone as they wish to be treated themselves? I forgot who said this, but I think it may have been Descartes or it might not have been Descartes, Voltaire. I think it might have been Voltaire. If God didn't exist... Surely it would be necessary to invent him. You must make a God in your own mind of how you will 
live through our life. Not making a God of yourself, but installing a supreme vision of how you would like to live in life. I think that would bring harmony and balance to particularly UX and anyone listening to this, that if you have a godlike vision in your mind and you need to step beyond the, the long white beard and the robes and the pearly gates, when I say God, we're talking about the truest, most supreme level of what God would mean. The highest vibrational experience a human being could ever manifest. If you can begin with feeling that vibration within you by going deeply within, cutting out all the external stimulus, reduce your stress, cut out the screens, cut out the processed food, live simply, live wholly as a human being, drinking the purest of liquid, the cleanest spring water you can get. Right, make sure that your physical mechanic is in its the highest condition. It's trained, it's physically in peak peak experience so that you could sit down in a moment, whether you be on the beach, whether you be in the forest, whether you just be in your lounge room, you sit deeply with yourself, centering and grounding in order to feel that highest vibration, that highest vibration that in post you could refer to as God, because surely all these words are but fingers pointing to the moon, the truth that exists within you. Aligning yourself with that godlike experience, whether you would like to attach to attach a story to that, to a narrative to that, whether you would like to envision a Buddha, envision uh, a Vishnu, or envision an Allah, or envision a Christian type God itself, it doesn't really matter. What matters is your connection to the greatest vibrational experience that you could live up to and manifest in your entire life. And then to feel that source within you. And to export it out, knowing that surely that must be benevolent. Surely that must be coming from a love, peace, and joy. Love for the journey. Being at peace with the outcome. And a joy for doing the thing. Our social dynamic principles sliding in here. That's how you know they're true. Because they can fit to anything. And here we're in this particular part of the conversation where I am with UX is helping you to understand that as you're walking this burning bridge within you, you got pain within you. You need to go through that healing process. No amount of social media validation, no amount of sex, particularly when you said in your message that you went out to go meet more girls. That hurt, like that hurt inside me. I felt the pain of that. I felt your sadness. I felt the grief. I felt the anguish because you were so deluded. You had said after it that you felt so much better. You felt better after going out meeting these girls, after you had this blow up with this other girl. And they're just, it's the delaying, it's the delaying of the pain you must deal with. And that's what hurts inside of me because that's going to come back to bite you tenfold. Pain is like a weed. Pain is like a weed in your garden that at first it's small and it's annoying. It doesn't really seem to do much. But then as the weeks go on and the months go on and as the wind howls and the sun rains, that weed gets stronger and bigger. And as a weed gets stronger and bigger within your garden, not only does it become an eyesore and distract you from the beauty of everything around it, but it also, det- it also detracts nutrients from the soil around it so that the plant you want it to grow cannot. The lawn, the beautiful flowers that you wish to grow, the fruit tree that you wish to bear, cannot grow because the weed is sucking up nutrients away from them. So nothing else can grow around this weed. 
So when it comes to now, we bring this back into who you are. If weed is a pain, and if pain is a weed within the garden of who you are, you must eradicate it because it is sucking the love from you. The weeds of your pain are sucking the love from you. How to remove the weeds. First off, don't ask someone else to. People like to make the process of alchemizing darkness within them, pain within them, into this mile-long journey, this arduous journey in which that you must frequent many mentors, you must frequent many Vipassana, many psychedelic experience, you must battle, battle and battle and battle, finally at maybe 70 or 80 or 90 years old to finally attain some form of peace. It's only the old man that can be at peace, right? You're wrong. You're wrong. That love, peace, and joy I talked about before, that small measure of peace that we can all find within ourselves, in that phrase, small measure, it is only small as a juxtaposition of words to help you to realize how small it really is. The small measure of peace that we all desire, once realized, is something so overwhelming that words cannot describe it. What I'm trying to point towards there, for those of you that may be a little bit lost upon that, maybe have not found that realization for yourself, is that when you start to illuminate a process of small measure, it ends up becoming the entire measure. Magic in the small moments. Magic in the quiet moments. Tending to your small bonsai tree here on the table. Making a cup of matcha for the beautiful woman that lays in your bed first thing in the morning. Simply sitting outside and listening to the birds. These small measures leading you to a entire measure of peace. At the end of The Last Samurai, my favorite movie of all time, it ends with the journalist, Mr. Sam, oh, not Mr. Sam, I can't remember his name. Sam was the one who died earlier. The fat British bloke. <laughs> it ends with him reflecting as in a narration at the end saying, no one knows what happened to Captain Olgren after the great battle between the samurai and the Japanese, you can call them imperialists or the nationalists. Some say that he died of his wounds. Some say that he finally found a small measure of peace. And you see him returning back to the little Japanese village with the woman that he found in, found himself in love with and her two sons. There are so many powerful moments in that movie, but that final ending scene is truly incredible in informing us about what it means to find our own small measure of peace. I think that's why I largely went into this entire branch of the podcast is that you don't have to do grand things. You don't have to be a grand person. I see magic in the small moments of life every day in yesterday walking down this random side street that I'd never been down before because my girlfriend had not been home yet and she was on her way home from work. So I had some time to kill. And so I thought I'll go explore this neighborhood in a neighborhood I've never been to before. I'm walking and I see this old, old man 
staring at this house, this kind of decrepit, old-looking house that had a for sale sign on it. I walked up to him and he says to me off the bat, they are, bur- they are going to build... <laughs> but they are going to knock down this building and build a new one. It is a shame. And I said to him, hey, my name's Adam. How's it going? <laughs> Came out of nowhere. And we ended up getting into this huge discussion about his entire life. I just asked him many, many questions. And I, where are you from? You have this accent. And he goes, I am from the Baltic States. There is a Lithuania. There is a Latvia. And I can't remember the other one. And he goes, I am, I am Latvian. And he started talking to me about Russia and Putin. And I said to him, how old are you? And he goes, I am 96. I am 96 years old. I came here in 1948. I'm like, you came here when my dad was born. (laughs) Yeah, like literally, I was like, you came here when my dad was born. My dad's no longer alive. My dad died at 74 years old earlier this year. And he was born in 1948. This guy came to Australia in 1948. So he came to Australia when he was roughly in his mid to early to mid 20s. Basically, he came to Australia when I, at the age that I am now, basically. It's like this, and it was just marvelous. It was truly marvelous to be walking alongside this old Latvian man who has got a, he's got a walking frame, but he's still mentally spry. Like he's still mentally with it at 96 years old. I hope that I am as sharp as him at 96 years old. His wife died from cancer. He invited me in. He said, pop by any time, pop by any time you wish. And I said, I will, I will. That's magic in the quiet moments. Going out of your day to engage with another human being. This is the practicing of social dynamics. You know, this entire podcast largely has just us being working through her locker, working through pain, working through reconnection. And we're finding our way through this and I'm really just allowing the muse to speak through me here. And then when this story popped up with this old man, for those of you that got into social dynamics because you just, you're you're a virgin, you have no dating experience, you have no sexual experience and you just, for the love of God, you just want to break out from that dark shell from that dark existence of feeling lonely and that you feel that and at least at first i'm hard enough of being lonely so i'm gonna go out and meet people and that's what got you into this journey and maybe you found yourself a couple instructors that were less than wholesome less than respectful less than honorable and they told you that all they wish all that you wish could be achieved by going out to this club night after night saying these lines dressing up this way doing these things to push towards sex as fast as humanly possible, to transact as humanly fast as possible, but they would never package that to you. What they'll package it to you as is you'll be a man. You'll be the shit. You'll be so cool when you're with these type of girls and I can help you get these type of girls. And when you get these type of girls, you'll be the fucking shit, right? And then the money will come and then the respect and the adulation will come. It, it's, it's a great sales pitch. It's a tremendous sales pitch. Even me saying, right, I'm like, oh, fucking son. <laughs> I, I'm a good salesman to myself. It hijacks the part of the male mind that is just hell-bent on success. And you can see the evolutionary pathway to this. Males are hardwired to, I mean, as human beings, we're hardwired to be successful. But particularly from a male perspective, it's that hunt, the hunt, the chase. So if someone tells you that, here's the tool, here's the tool, there's the objective, Here's how you use the tool to get that objective. It is very attractive to the male mind. 
It's not to say that females don't fall prey to the elusive dance of external validation, the allure of the hook, the allure to the hooks of these delusional things, illusional things outside of themselves, ignoring what is within themselves. But I see this with males, particularly when it comes to sex, when it comes to dating, when it comes to relationships, whether it be that they think that that woman, that girl was going to fix them, going to save them, that sex was going to save them, or whether it was just that they're just so damn lonely that even if they knew they weren't coming from the most wholesome of mindsets, so that that's why they, they allowed themselves to believe that this uh, huckster, this snake oil salesman that was offering them bullshit, they could see that it was bullshit. They could see that it was never going to make them happy. Looking back, looking back when I first got into cold social dynamics, I came from a pain point as well. I'm not speaking to you as if I was some angel the entire way through. But it didn't take me long to realize that the journey was never about who you were getting. It's about who you're becoming. And that brings me to an interesting tangent or an interesting side shoot here with you, Mr. X, in which that who are you becoming? You don't have infinite years in this life, in this physical manifestation. I don't know. Personally, I like to believe that we are living on a karmic thread, that whatever you don't learn in this life, you're going to come back in the next to learn. I believe that all life is just a transference of energy from one manifestation to the next. There's a little bonsai tree sitting on the table here. The blood that courses through my veins. We are one. We are of the same nature. We are one. And as this bonsai tree is learning its lesson, so am I. And so are you. So what lesson is it, I must ask you, do you need to learn right now in order to access your highest vibration of human manifestation? It is so rare to be a human being. It is so rare to have manifested from stardust out in the universe over hundreds of thousands, billions of years of evolution and development to be sitting here right now, for me to be sitting here in this microphone talking to you, for you to be listening wherever you may be across the world actually, listening to what's going on to another man in this other room. And it could somehow inform you and guide you as to how you could pick your shit up, how you could clean your life up, how you could clean up that bridge within yourself, how you could put out the fire within yourself, that burning bridge from a leaking hole within yourself, which is just filtering out gasoline as you blame and you deter responsibility to everyone else, and defer responsibility to everyone else, matches being lit. It just engages so much fire and you can feel the pain. You can feel it. But what if for a second you just stop on that bridge and go, I need to plug this hole. And the only way to plug this hole within myself is to go through a process of healing. Come back to myself. Cut out all of the inflammatory stimulus. The mental inflammatory stimulus, which is social media, which is the mainstream media. Cut out the inflammatory products, liquids, foods that are incongruent to how a human being would thrive and optimally live in this life. If you did not have access to it 100,000 years ago, and if it had to be modified to the degree that it would be edible for humans now, then it surely is something inflammatory to you. But something, are you considering your diet? I'm not telling you what to eat, but what I am pointing you towards here is that there is a reason why there is so much metabolic disease and why the overall state of health within human beings mentally, psychologically cannot be dislinked from that of its physiology. When you see and you look around the world right now, they say we're in the most prosperous state of all time. We are. Because we've never seen so many obese people in our lives 
when almost half of the US population can either be considered overweight, obese, or morbidly obese, like you're going to fit into one of those three, that is a that is a severe state. That is a severe state of dysfunction. Now, you may look at that and go, okay, well, so is it just because of the food or is it just because of the uh, the you know the the, the just the readiness the availableness of this shit food, as Doctor Gabor Mate would say, don't look at the addiction, look at the pain. You find your vice. It's just that it's very easy for human beings to get hijacked by the high fructose corn syrup, by the highly refined carbohydrates, the processed food, the seed oils, the quick fast food that took no effort or energy to attain, and the excessive calories you would never have access to in any natural environment. It's very easy to get hijacked by that as a human being, but you can get hijacked by many other things because what you're really looking for there is a dopamine response. You're looking to feel good. It's the calories that make you feel good. It's that rush you get from feeling good, whether it's the porn. It's because of the dopamine response, the rush that you get from watching porn. It's that getting that relief, that relief from a lack of positive biochemical activity within your brain. Sorry, guys, the camera is resetting a whole bunch. It's still with the old camera. Still waiting for the new one to come in. Anyways, as I was saying, if we're acknowledging that porn is no good and processed food is no good because they create all these deleterious effects that we don't want, then let's just find a way to just pump you with dopamine. No, that's no good either because the dopamine is not the problem. It's the reason why you have a lack of it. There's a reason why that you are not able to self-generate that, which would point towards a disconnection within yourself. Coming back to yourself, stop looking for things outside of yourself. You are the treasure. You are the master of everything that exists within you. You are the answer. So as you eliminate all these inflammatory processes within you that are informing all the things happening within you, and you can get to a very clean state, a nice clean vibrational state. Last night, I was at yoga. I was yoga, yin yoga, in which that you're just holding these positions for long periods of time, but not particularly intense the goal is not to strive, as Miss Paula said to me last night. It is not to strive in these yin yoga positions, these shapes. The idea is to connect within. So as you are in this child pose, this tabletop pose, right, whatever you may be in, this downward dog, that you hold this position to a 70 to 80% intensity, right, just so enough to feel it, that you're having to engage, but so that you can come back in Come back in. Know who you are. Feel who you are. Feel the vibration underneath your skin. Getting yourself into a clean state to understand yourself. At the end of this yoga session last night, as I was lying on my back, I felt extreme vibration around my glutes and my lower back, and it was rotating. It was like a rotational vibration happening within my pelvic floor, and it was ecstasy. It was intense i had not felt it like that before i felt it in other areas of my body but not particularly in that pelvic region and we can conjecture as to why it might take me a little bit while but it'll take me off the main point of this podcast all i'm trying to say to you is that i was in an extraordinarily clean state last night and same as i woke up this morning same as right now i'm in a very clean state right now so i'm very connected to who i am right now and that's where i want you to be x I don't eat the way that I eat and I don't live the way that I live so that I can get points from others. I don't consume alcohol. I don't consume, consume refined processed food. I don't treat myself like trash. I don't watch porn. I don't look to social media to inform my self-worth. I don't look to the beings and the people outside of myself to tell me how good I am 
right? Whether they do or not, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is how much suffering that I could reduce in this life, how much love, peace, and joy I could deliver. Even if that is just simply talking to a 96-year-old man yesterday for 10 minutes, go out of my way for 10 minutes to talk to Giannis, to the point where a absolute stranger 10 minutes before would then say at the end of the conversation, drop by any time, drop by any time. What? What? That's what. That's the power of social dynamics. That's the power of knowing who you are. That's the power of entering a clean state in your life. As you become clean within, you will start to clean up everything outside of yourself. So if you are seeing fires outside of yourself, you see them burning buildings, you are seeing trash streets, sewage running through the streets of your life, surely you must look to the sanitary nature within. You must look to the waste disposal within. What is the clutter? What is the baggage? What is the hurt? What is the pain? What is the molten lava that exists within you that must be cleared out in order for you to access your truest vibration, your highest vibration, that love, that peace, that joy that you wish to experience in this life? Listen, X, I know you and I know that you want to have a family. I know that you want to have a tremendous, truthful, loving connection with a feminine being that you would produce offspring with, that you would have kids with. Are you choosing the thoughts, the actions right now that would see that come to fruition? That would have a woman look at you and go, this guy, this guy, not because of the watch, not because of the chain, not because of the car, not because of the house, but because this guy. Because if the hordes were invading our village, I would trust this guy to defend us. Not because he is some UFC fighter, jacked athlete, some military naval seal, but because his heart is right. His heart is right. His spirit is refined. His direct, congruent, authentic, covers with empathy. He lives in a temple. He conducts his life as a temple. He has his purpose has his physical development, his mental development, his social development, transcended by an inner knowing of who he is, which requires no words, no name, no date of birth, no occupation. His occupation is his manifestation. I know that is exactly where you want to be in life, Mr. X. And it's there for you. It's always there for you. I said to a client recently, choose truth, choose love. Because they're always there for you. And as you choose love, allow love to choose you. As you choose truth, choose to see truth within you. And as you choose now, become now. Let go your earthly tether. Enter the void. Empty. And become wind. As Guru Lagimai once said. Just that final bit. The bit before that was actually from a bowl sip I put out last week. But I like that quote from Mr. Lugim, Mr. Uh, Lagimo. Let go your earthly tether. Enter the void. Empty. And become wind. I used to say that to myself every single morning that I entered the cold shower, particularly in winter, in those first few years when I started the habit. I'll say that every single time I was going through the pain of the cold water. And then when I switched to ocean cold plunges, I used to say it to myself until where I no longer needed to say it to myself because it was just burned so deeply into my soul. It was a tattoo on my soul to let go your earthly tether. And a analogy I came up with to that quote, something that a lot of you will know, something that a lot of my clients will know is 
when I let go of myself, I'm free to act without limit. When I let go of myself, I am free to act without limit. Only X has limitations. Only X is paranoid. Only X is lighting these fires, dropping this gasoline on this bridge within himself. But when X puts down X, when X connects to now, this moment, remembers this this idea, this idea, what was that idea? Oh, why I'm here? What was this idea? Why I'm here? Why are you here? Why are you here? Not why are you here listening to this podcast. Why are you here? Surely no one else can tell you that. Surely I can't give that to you. But surely you can hear the words from me when I say that the reason why I'm here is because I need to reduce suffering and increase love, peace, and joy in the beings of this world. There are other reasons why I'm here, but they all stem off of that. They must. They must all map to that. Because what kind of life would you rather live, Mr. X? What kind of life would you rather live in? If you're not reducing the suffering and increasing love, peace, and joy in the beings of this world, what are you doing? We do a great job of tricking ourselves in this world in thinking that everything else matters except for that, except for the fundamental reason of why we're alive. And so you find yourself at what used to be about 50 years old, now it's happening in the 30s. The existential crisis, the midlife crisis is now like a quarter stage crisis, quarter life crisis, in which that the, the degree, the, the job, the, the, the partner, the kids, they didn't, they didn't do it. They didn't do it for me. They didn't give me what I needed. They didn't give me what I wanted. They told me to get married. They told me to build a house. They told me to make kids. It didn't do it. It didn't do it for me. Why? What hole existed within you to begin with? Don't look at the addiction. Look at the pain. Don't look at the wins. Look at the person behind. Jim Carrey once said something, which is the famous actor. I hope that everyone experiences all the wealth and fame that they could in this life so as to realize that it was never the answer. I'm paraphrasing his quote there, but I remember hearing him say that early to late teenage years, and it's always stuck with me. If you look at someone like Robin Williams, who is at the peak of material success, and not just material success, but respect, belovedness from around the world, everyone loved Robin Williams. He had everything he could possibly want as a human being externally. He chose to end his life. I was not there with Robin Williams, and I did not know why I did not know him, and I did not know his reason for doing so. But surely that would inform you as to the folly, the foolishness of chasing external measures to make you happy, to make you whole, to make you feel that you are balanced and grounded in this life, sitting deeper in this life. You can be driving a Ferrari or you could be driving a Mazda 3. But when your mother dies, it will not matter. You can be sitting in first class or you could be sitting in the back. When your father dies, it will not matter. All the creature comforts of this world, all the materializations of this world that you seek, that you chase, all the validation from the people of this world, the girls, the guys, the colleagues, the friends, the work, everything. 
it will not matter when you die. And you will die. And as Lao Tzu once instructed us towards, best to realize our death now while we are still living. To die while living. Which is to realize your fundamental true nature. Your fundamental nature of your existence. Not just what you are, but who you are. Die now and come to life. We started off this podcast, X, with this feeling of the pain welling within you. And you didn't even ask me a question in your email. You just said a bunch of things and left it to me to understand what it is that you were going through. Okay? That's why this podcast has been such a free reign. That's why we've been going everywhere in this podcast. But I'm sure you're sitting there now, if you have earnestly listened to this, thinking, where to now then? What is What needs to happen directly after this? How can we sum this up? Well, how we can sum this up is just by getting you to put it all down. Put your ego down. Put your expectations down. Put your paranoia down. Put the friends, the family, the girlfriend down and come back within. How to come back in, I hear you say. Breathe. In three, two, one. You took those four seconds in, holding for seven seconds, and then breathing out for eight. Do those 30 times over. 30 times over, four seconds in, seven seconds hold, eight seconds out. 30 times over. And then sit in silence, breathing normally, but allowing for silence in between each breath. That's connecting within. And what a lot of people don't seem to realize is that as you begin to breathe consciously, you take control of your presence, of your consciousness, of your mind. That's what puts an end to all this paranoia, to all this anxiety, to all these comparisons robbing you of your joy, robbing you of your love, robbing you of the peace, the small measure of peace that is available to all of us as human beings. As you allow your rampant monkey mind to destroy all of that, there is an antidote that already exists within and is taking conscious control. Taking one conscious breath brings power back to you. In the throes of overwhelm, in the throes of a destructive, chaotic storm within your life, realize that. That's you self-generating. Such distress, such conflict, if you were to take control of the moment, take conscious power over your breath, your reconnection is there for you. Every time my clients come back to me and say, I felt so much resistance going out and meeting people, or whether they be practicing it in the day, in the night, whatever venue they may have been, it might not have been a practice session. It might have been they just been out and then they saw someone they wanted to meet, but they didn't go meet them. There's so much resistance. Like, I'm not good enough. I don't know what they're going to like me. What that person's going to say. And it's like, oh, fucking so much neuroses appearing within them. It's like, hang on, slow down. Did you take a conscious breath? Did you realign yourself with what the purpose is here? Or were you focused on yourself? And by yourself, we're talking about your ego. 
your ego's wants and desires, your ego's deep entrapment within the threads and fabric of this life. Come back to your breath. If you were looking for something more complicated, a more complicated answer, a more complicated remedy, that only diagnoses the issue. A complicated remedy would only be false. Simplicity is truth. And in the simplicity of taking control of who you are through your breath, taking command of your heart through your breath, finding your small measure of peace through your breath, expressing the joy of who you are through your breath. This is control. This is the archer's goal. This is the surune. Surune being the sound made from a bow when the arrow is released from a Japanese archer. Japanese archery and kudo. There's a very big difference between regular archery and Japanese archery, in which that kudo is a meditation of archery, in which that the archer allows the present moment to dictate when they release the arrow. They allow the connection and their presence in the moment to decide when the arrow should be released and it will find its target. That the aim of kudo, which I've actually not practiced myself, I don't have a kudo dojo here in where I live, but it's something I'd love to do when I go back to Japan next. I've watched many a documentary on it and anime in which that the goal is for the archer to delete himself, to come into such presence that the arrow releases itself in a way. That you aim at the target by not aiming at the target. It's quite beautiful. It's quite beautiful. And even just hearing that right now really speaks us and draws us right back to this chase of external validation and this chase of external gratification and external information to inform who we are. It's like that's a big target. And really that's a target that's going to take you away from the target. The more you look at a target outside of yourself, the more you surely cannot see the target within. Find that connection back to yourself. Yeah, we've been in a lot of places in this podcast, and I thought when I began this podcast, I thought I was going to go into this absolute steamroll of a rant about men in pain. You know, men that abuse women, men that abuse themselves. I mean, that's really a man that's abusing a woman is a man who's abusing himself. It just is externally manifested, and it's horrific when it happens. And because, say something for chivalry here, that the old school values of being a chivalry man, a chivalrous man, a gentleman, in which that the holding of the door open, the seeing a woman back to her car, the making a woman of breakfast in bed, Where these values go? Why were they thrown out the door? Then look at the state of masculine energy that it is in now. Never been in more question. Never been more questionable. Never been weaker. Never been frailer. Never been so shakable. Never been so easy to break and to snap. It's like there shouldn't be such a debate about whether you should be watching porn or going to strip clubs or 
using online dating apps or excessive use of social media or using social media. They shouldn't have to have debates about these things. We shouldn't have to make content about these things. We shouldn't have to make content about how to go meet a woman. I have said this from the very first day that I started this channel, that my job should not exist. There should not be a market or a problem to solve when it comes to men interacting with women. That should be something and is something that has been hardwired evolutionarily across hundreds and thousands of years of homo sapien development. And yes, times have changed in terms of the way that we interact, in terms of the mediums, in terms of, yes, there's these things called nightclubs, yes, there's this thing called a mall, which didn't exist 10,000 years ago. Yeah, okay, there's different environmental situations that arise. But fundamentally, who are the people engaging within them? And what is to be said of the emotional nature and disposition and the innate desire of those beings? Has that fundamentally changed? I'd hope not. I'd hope not. I'd hope, I'd hope that men would still consider a woman worth taking care of. Not to say that a woman can't take care of a man, but that a man would hold the ideal that my woman is someone that I take care of. In any way that I can, in any best way that I can, men in pain cannot deliver the necessary goods to the beings of this world. Which is why I feel incumbent upon myself to sit here and say that you no longer need to be in pain. That the pain that you experience as a man, whether you were abandoned as a kid, as a child, as I was, and you had to deal with whatever that meant as a process throughout the rest of your life in which that you can never be alone and you always have to be surrounded by people and that you get excessive neediness-based attachment to the things and beings in this world. You have to work through all of that. That was a pain for me, but I worked through all of that. I addressed that pain and now I can allow things to fall into my life, to fall into my life and to come in my life. As they fall and come, they surely can go. Allowing for, the, allowing for the leaves to fall where they may. Realizing that I am all things. And that this too shall pass. As the rainbows on the inside of my wrist, tattooed, indicate. An example for you of how pain needn't persist. Resistance needn't persist. Your peace available to you now. I hope as these words enter your soul, your spirit, that you take command of them. Use them as instruction, as guiding lights, as a man on the tarmac waving you in to the runway of your own enlightenment. Enlightenment is there for all of you. You needn't be in pain any longer. You needn't be in pain any longer. See, pain is your signal. As I read your email here today, X, all I see is a bunch of signal. A lot of noise, but a very strong signal amongst it. That signal being that you have pain to resolve, and it will not be resolved by seeking validation from people outside of yourself. Don't worry about these other girls. Worry about yourself. Improve yourself. Become a man of supreme excellence. Build your temple, your purpose, your physical, your mental, your social development. Transcend all of that to know who you are, your inner knowing in that inner garden. Get all that handled. And once you feel like you're starting to put bricks down, like one of my other clients in right now who's just finished up his first ever 30-day challenge, went through tremendous amounts of resistance, self-imposed, self-generated, of course, but went through, went through, as I said to him, a self-imposed hell, a personal hell that he had to endure and came out the other end of it to be strong, grr. Still many work, still much of work to do, but stronger than he was 30 days ago. So much respect from myself because I know what the 30-day challenge did for me. 
and it helped me to change my life. It's an absolute catalyst. It's got nothing to do with who you're getting. It has everything to do with who you're becoming. You don't go out and meet 150 people across 30 days because of you're trying to transact on them. You're trying to get as many dates or as much sex from that as you possibly could or relationships. You go out and you meet 150 people across 30 days because of how it informs you as to who you are, how you respond to feedback, how you respond to yourself, the fear, the anxiety, the apathy, the depression, the self-worth questioning, the self-acceptance questioning, the self-love questioning. These questions get asked. The questions of, are you needy? Do you require validation? Can you sit within yourself? Are you centered? Are you grounded? All these questions get asked across 30 days in a row of meeting across 150 people. And we are in debt. We are indebted to those 150 people every single time because they are, they are the mirrors. They are the catalyst through which we will fly, through which we will rise out of the depths of our darkness and alchemize into light. And that's where you are, X. That's where you are. I see this message. This message is dark. And I'm doing my best to reach down and offer you a hand, not to me, but to yourself. I offer you a hand to yourself when I ask you to consider cutting out the inflammatory and stimulus in your life and to come within, reconnect within, enter a clean state. That is me offering you a hand to yourself. I'm not your guru, not your master. You are the master. So stop seeking things outside yourself. Your treasure exists within. And so I thank you all so much for joining me on this session. This was me just addressing one question. I came in with no topic or idea in mind other than to address this question and to help this one person out. And I feel like I've done that now to the best degree that I can today. And I'll surely come back tomorrow and do my best again. And I hope you all find your small measure of peace. As I leave you here now, I wish you so much love and so much joy. Take care.